Welcome to We Go There. I'm Lexi. And I'm Nikki. And our favorite conversations are when someone starts by saying, this might be TMI, but... But hey, we go there. Because there's no such thing as having too much information when it comes to your health and wellness. We dive deep into topics, interview experts, and get answers you need. Because knowledge is power. And feeling empowered is what we're all about. So let's go there. Today, hi. yeah, hi. Today is going to be juicy. It's going to be juicy. Uh, well, I actually have a lot of questions around this because it's real recent for me. Oh, yeah, man. Like me too, believe it or not. So, we're talking about body odor and breastfeeding because this is a thing that nobody tells you is going to happen. But so it comes with breastfeeding? Yes. I just thought you smelt from like hormones after like having the baby, but I guess that makes sense. It's all hormonal. And and someone was like, I did this, <laughs> I shared it and I had so many people. Like, it's so that the baby can find you. Like, oh you're my God. Here so I mean, that that's, baby... you're just trying to make yourself feel better at that point. <laughs> so it's nature helping you out and helping the baby out. So apparently we're going to talk to Jen Pike, who knows all about this today. She's the hormone expert, but like, she actually responded to my stories and she, she was like, I need to talk to you about this. And I was like, well, then clearly we're having you back on the podcast because this is like everyone needs to know this information. Definitely. I have a lot of questions because it's very recent. Onions was not what I realized I smelled like, but now that's clicking in for me. I didn't have a label for it. But Nikki, remember when we went and did the um, podcast live for the Mom Halo event? Yes. I on stage could not get rid of the odor on my body going into that. And I had so much anxiety because it's like, you know, that place is going to be rammed with people and it's tight quarters. Oh yeah, And I'm also going to be like kind of hot and sweaty anyways, because you're like up, you know, speaking and things like that. You just get a little revved up. Uh, yeah. The anxiety was real. <laughs> I mean, you hit it well and I didn't, so didn't, I didn't notice know. your stinkiness and I was sitting right next to you, but like, I feel you like I've even gone to like hug my, my husband, Matt, and he's been like, babe, go take a shower. And I'm like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, you got the pities. And it, we calls it the pities. The and pities. it's like the pities. Yeah. And and I'm like, God damn it. Like, I just, you're just so <laughs> just showered. You just showered. And it's like, I've never in my life before like breastfeeding dealt with like body odor. Like I don't really even really, I never really wore deodorant. Like I wasn't someone who ever, I just was like, yeah, it just never was an issue. And then all of a sudden it's like cr crippling. It's crippling. It's, it's really, and I mean, uh, along with it all, right? So yeah. I'm excited. We're going to get on with her now. And I can't wait for this episode and just learn like why, why, and can we do anything about it? Lexi and I are so excited to welcome back the amazing Jen Pike to talk to us today all about hormonal body odor. And this comes from a personal need from Lexi. <laughs> so, Big time. Jen, you are a functional diagnostic nutritionist. You're a certified yoga Pilates instructor, medical exercise specialist. You're a hormone expert. You have your own podcast called The Simplicity Sessions. You're very qualified to talk to us about this today. So what the heck is going on? Why do we smell like onions? 
<laughs> well, there's a lot going on. And I think, you know, when you and I were first chatting, it was even talking about, you know, what happens once you've, you know, either you've been pregnant, you've gone through pregnancy, and now you're postpartum in terms of that odor. And there can be a few different reasons that that is happening. Um, you know, so we have an increase in blood flow, increase in our body temperature, our basal metabolic rate increases in pregnancy and postpartum. We have much more active sweat glands. The composition of our sweat changes a ton in relation to what's going on hormonally. So oftentimes people hear this talked about either the chemistry or your pheromones that will change. And so, you know, as a woman, if you are pregnant and in that postpartum period of time, those pheromones are changing so that you and your baby have a different level of chemistry that is very much connected on specific hormones that aren't just sex hormones, but dopamine and oxytocin are two of the most important when we have had a child. And that is that skin to skin contact. But there's also a change that happens when our prolactin levels increase in order to produce breast milk. And this will change as well. Not even some women who even aren't breastfeeding will also notice these shifts and changes um, because we still will have the hormonal surge whether or not we're able to produce enough milk we're still having the hormonal surge and our scent changes part of it is to attract baby to mom and for the baby to actually be able to find the nipple to find the breast area to be able to actually latch so it's part of you know infants have primitive reflexes but we also have a very um, you know, intuitive mother instinct that is not just, you know, gut to mind connected. It is also in what our hormones are releasing and producing as well. And then there are just so many hormonal changes that happen in terms of our sex hormones in that period of time and then throughout the rest of our life. And the two big fluctuations when we talk about sex hormones are our estrogen and our progesterone, specifically estradiol and progesterone. Um, and that can really impact how much we sweat, the odor that is coming with that. And when we have hormonal changes, we have gut microbiome changes as well too. And that impacts the bacteria, not just in our gut, but our body as a whole. So, you know, our skin, we know, we look at it, it is covering the largest surface area of our body. Your muscles, your largest organ, but your skin is your largest surface organ that is digesting, ingesting, you know, off-gassing, producing all the time. Off-gassing. Um, <laughs> Sorry, let's just take a moment and pause on that word off gassing because that's something I think it hits it hits deep. Uh -huh. Yeah, well, and if you think about like the areas we're talking about, it's not like you're saying to me like, Jen, I, my forearm is smelling like an <laughs> onion, you know, it's like it's my underarms and women might notice that like vaginal odor changes increases as well too over time. So there's just different areas where we feel stinky. The stinkiest in terms of like BO is going to come from our underarms. Um, our stress hormones play a massive role in that. So not just cortisol, which is the one that gets, you know, all the fame and all the glory, but also, you know, our adrenaline and DHEA that's being produced. Like there's so much that's happening. And so for us as women, it'd be, it'd be lovely if we could just give like one answer, but you know, the three of us sitting here, we're all at different stages. You know, Lexi is definitely, she's still in that first year of postpartum. Stinky. 
(laughs) Right. And, you know, Nikki, it's been a couple of years since you had your last child and it's been 14 since I had my last child. So we're all at different ages, stages and phases, but all of us, like I'll go through it as well too, where I'll experience periods of time where I'm like, why do I smell so bad? And then I can go, you know, six weeks without putting deodorant on once and be completely fine. And so I think it's important for everyone listening to A, understand there is nothing wrong with you. This is a very normal, albeit maybe not the most pleasant um, experience that we can go through. And there can be a myriad of reasons. The other I wanna talk about that I don't think gets brought up enough when it comes to sweating body, because for some women, like for me, for most of my life, it's not that I ever really smelled, but I would just like sweat on cue. And so there's like a whole color of clothing that I can't own. (laughs) Like there's a whole palette, like pastels, especially if I'm doing public speaking, like not even maybe I would be like wet from my elbow to my ribs. Like it's not (laughs) happening. happening. Oh yeah. But I won't smell. I would just, I would just perspire. And so um, this is where stress hormones and and it can be like, good, like I'm excited to go and talk, but my body is also like, oh my gosh, you know, like action time. When we work out, all those different things, you know, I've been teaching fitness since I was 17. I'm not the person that's pouring sweat when I'm doing majority of my workouts, but I can work out next to another woman who is doing maybe not even the same amount of effort and her sweat response is completely different. The other thing that massively impacts this for us is our thyroid. And so our thyroid health is key when we're talking about our adrenal response and our stress hormones are being, you know, produced by our adrenals and it's an upward spiral from the brain. So there's a lot of different things that are factoring into that. Um, And then we can go deeper in terms of like, why is it like, why would it be like an onion based smell? Why would it be that smell (laughs) versus you know, mm-hmm. another I smell. Didn't, I didn't, I, Nikki said this before we got started on the onion. I hadn't even labeled it yet, but that is quite accurate. <laughs> or like, like Indian food. Right. Like, so like a very pungent and, and like, it's like mm-hmm. a sweet, I don't know. And I hope that's not oh, to say, but like, that's what I've noticed it like onions and garlic and curry, like stuff I like to yes. eat, just don't want to smell like it. Right. <laughs> right. So again, it's going to be different for every woman's body. Um, you know, it's interesting and we'll, we'll get to this in a minute and talking about even the things that we're using to wash our body and how that can influence that smell, but definitely the things that we intake. So if you are eating a diet that is higher in foods that, um, a contain solanine, but also cruciferous and foods that are rich in Allison. So when we're thinking about things like garlic and onions and your cruciferous veggies, um, and even lots of greens and all of those, that those would naturally off gas as well. So like, I'll give you an example. If you, come home with like avocados that are not ripe at all or bananas that are like super green if you go and put some of your produce next to onions and garlic you can ripen them faster because there's a chemistry there's an off gassing that happens from everything you know food us and that and so it's that chemistry together that can help to ripen them but then also can ripen them too quick and then cause them to, to rot, to smell, and to putrefy. And it's no different in our body, things that we're taking in food-wise. So when I'm working with women where if BO is a really big issue, I'll ask them more than just, you know, what you're eating, but tell me, like, do you run hot? Do you run cold? Like, do you have more like pitta and fire in you? And when does that come out and when does that come forward? And do you notice at different times, A, in your cycle, 
or, you know, is it in business? Like when you're in productivity mode that you're like, oh, here we go. Now I smell. But if I'm at home hanging out with my family on the weekend, I don't even need deodorant. I don't even think about it. Is it when you wake up first thing in the morning and you're like, whoa, like what did I literally just do in my sleep to smell like this? Blood sugar can be connected to it. Um, and yeah, and so it's interesting that, you know, I, I just want to say this as well too. There are parts of the world where like deodorant is not even needed. Women aren't even applying this because of their lifestyle, the community. We were just in Costa Rica for a couple of weeks, which is 90% humidity. Like it's so hot there. I did not apply deodorant one time. Really? Now, why? For yeah. me, you know, when I'm thinking about that, I was sleeping like a queen. I was so calm. I was relaxed. I wasn't on. I wasn't hustling and bustling and moving from one thing to the next. There was no sense of urgency. So all the cues my body was receiving were very chill, very neutral, very simplistic. And so there wasn't this you know, anticipatory response um, that can happen so often in our bodies that then can produce something like our sweat and that odor. This episode of the We Go There podcast is brought to you by The Bell Method, a fitness company that blends Pilates with pelvic health, creating choreography from science. You might feel overwhelmed at all the abs after baby programs promising to make you bounce back after birth. Or maybe you're feeling unsure of how to exercise in pregnancy and prepare your body for delivery. It can be tough to navigate what information is credible and evidence-based. Women deserve better. I created all of our programs with the guidance of pelvic health physiotherapists, and we continue to evolve our programming to stay current with the latest research. At The Bell Method, we ditch guilt and bring balance to our bodies with programs designed to fit your life stage. We'll help you reduce incontinence, diastasis recti, and prolapse so you feel strong, confident, and empowered throughout pregnancy, postpartum, and beyond. I invite you to enjoy 10% off your first class session with the code WEGOTHERE10. Visit www.thebellmethod.com for more. Uh, so We need to chill yeah. out more, basically. Yeah. Because it, yeah. it does make sense now that I would never have connected those, but definitely I'd say that that's very accurate. Like right before I was telling Nikki about speaking and the same sort of thing happening. So that, that, that hit holds together. So if that's the case and we know we can't always be chill, like, are there any, is there anything else that we can do yeah. to help? Well, there's quite a bit. And so, um, first of all, when it comes to like the public speaking thing, what I would say to to take stress off yourself is, um, you know, sleeveless or black. Those are the color options <laughs> that you are, you know, so you're not worrying, oh my gosh, am I gonna sweat through? Like, I'm not kidding you. And my kids are really little and I was still nursing my son. The breast pads were in my underarms. Like I would literally tape them inside of oh my, my dress shirts when I was teaching because I was like, I need some absorbency. I'd be driving to the events with Kleenex and my underarms like this oh, wow. to like absorb all of the moisture um, before I would get there. So I think we like, I can, I'm going to talk to you about this in terms of like functional, but also let's be real, like in that moment of what you can do. So the way that you're nourishing your body is really important. Now, this is difficult when you have young kids or kids in general, and you're running a business as well too, or life is just full. It's like, we know, we know up here to eat, stabilize our blood sugar, to do all of the things, but sometimes the day just gets away from us. The longer that we have gaps between eating 
and not eating, you know, something that's satiating, the greater the impact that blood sugar is going to have on your cortisol, which will increase your sweat production and increase your odor. So that's number one. Oh, wow. This is such a takeaway for me because I am, I'm the person I'm admitting it right now publicly, but like, I forget to eat. Like I get in like a zone or I'll be busy yeah. and like, and then I'm like, now it's now I'm making myself stinky. Well, <laughs> yeah, I definitely am like that as well. Well, and the other thing too, is that, you know, if we tend to, when we're not actually getting meals in, if we're going to, you know, more coffee or things that are stimulatory, but also, you know, when we have something like coffee, it's an appetite suppressant and it also energizes us. So it's like killing two birds with one stone. It allows us to stretch our brain focus longer and get the thing done we need to get done. And it gives us a false sense of energy. But that is also going to contribute to a your sweat overall, but also your smell. One hundred percent coffee is going to be connected to that. Hey. Oh, we just nailed it! <laughs> and that concludes our episode yeah. for today. We're done. <laughs> Don't be too depressed. <laughs> um, and well, and it's not to say you cannot have those things, but it's just learning how. Like, so again, I, I run two companies and I have kids. I fully understand what it means. Like, I can't be in that state like I was in Costa Rica. I can't, and I can't wait. To for the next time to get on a plane to be like, everything's going to be in balance. So when you're having your coffee, it's like, can you have a coffee where you add adaptogens to it? Right? Like that's well, just like that. a, okay, good. Okay. So that's fantastic. So those so you're, adaptogens you're putting like the, like the mushroom stuff in it. Yeah. Oh so Uganda. Exactly. So there's different companies that will have um, a blend and it'll be like an adaptogen blend, an adrenal blend, a calm blend, a think, a focus blend. So there's great companies on the market and it literally is just like a scoop of the powder that you can just whisk into your coffee. Um, You know, you can also elevate your coffee by adding a little bit of collagen for the lining of the gut. Right. So that's fantastic. Um, So it's not that you can't have those things. It's looking at, well, what else are you doing to support and augment that? So the other big thing is water, like getting enough hydration. You know, we know the importance of water for so many things in our body, but water is a vehicle for transporting stagnant lymph material. So if you don't have, if you're not moving your body enough and you're not, you know, eating and drinking the things to keep all of that in motion, you have stagnation. Well, stagnation is like, you know, think about when you walk past sewage that is backed up, that does not smell good. And so in our bodies, if we are very stagnant, which the equivalent is like for women where for a lifetime, they've always chosen an antiperspirant, which is blocking the the pores and the sweat ducts and preventing you from perspiring. There can be a lot of stagnation. So women will also notice. And when I take women from going from using, you know, an antiperspirant or more chemical based deodorant to something more natural, there is a smell curve that happens because you are now allowing your body to actually do the thing and go through the process. And when you're switching to natural deodorant, you're never going to find one that works always and forever. You are going to probably have two to three to four in your home at one time that you'll need to rotate through depending on the phase of your cycle. Like your smell is going to change when you're ovulating versus when you're coming into the tail end of your luteal phase before you actually bleed. Your, your smell will completely be different when you're actually on your period. Um, and this is important too, like for women in the eight weeks after they've given birth and the lochia is still present and there's still fluid and there's still bleeding and there's still things that are happening, your smell is 100% going to be different. 
part of that is also to protect you as well. Um, but you know, Wait, to make you rushing. so stinky that no one wants to come close. <laughs> like, so <Kind> of. <laughs> just just so that it's you and your baby that will bond. And it's like, it literally no. is like a, I'm telling you, it is like a part of a pheromone Words barrier for your everyone partner. else. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh my God. Let me incubate. Let me incubate. Um, it's fascinating. When you look at even just the study of chemistry and pheromones, even um, male partners, so your husband, your partner, your spouse, when you, even leading into before you give birth. So the, most of the studies I've read have shown around 37, 38 weeks of gestation is that their pheromones and hormones will start to change in order to prepare for connection to baby, understanding that intimacy with wife is not going to be what the priority is, decreasing, like their testosterone levels will actually decrease to take out more of the androgynous, you know, that masculine energy so they can soften and bond with the baby. So, you know, our bodies are just so brilliant. It's so amazing how when we take our hands off and stop trying to white knuckle and control everything, really how nature actually just will show up and be like, I got this, like, stop interfering so much. I got this. And, you know, it's obviously I'm like, my oldest is going to be 17 in a couple of months. And I'm like, I, I think back and look back and be like, oh, if I could just go back to that younger version of being, be like, just don't buy the books, <laughs> you know, like just, you'll figure it out. You will figure it out. Um, you know, in so many ways. So, but what I was going to say is when I'm working with clients in that, I'll have them dry brush their underarms um, and really help to open up those areas um, and those pores so that we are making sure that everything is just flowing. So yeah, those are a couple little different tips. Lexi here. Okay. So let's shift to another under the radar, not so hot topic for a minute, body hair. Everyone's got it, but a lot of us want to live smoother. Am I right? 10 years ago, I started Wax On Laser and Wax Bar. Wax On isn't just any waxing and laser hair removal bar. We are the industry leader creating a safe space that inspires people to live confidently in their own skin. Over the years, we've developed trust. Trust that you know you're getting the best quality and comfortable experience every single time. Whatever you come to Wax On for, it's going to be awesome. We've created our own exclusive gold wax formula that's like no other. It's as pain-free and long-lasting as it gets, perfect for all your waxing needs. At WaxOn, we've invested in top-of-the-line laser technology that's effective on virtually any hair and skin tone for effective results on every body. Seriously. And we carry a carefully curated collection of products. Some we make ourselves, locally I might add, and some are from brands we've fallen in love with that adhere to our values and standards of clean, good for you, and female founded. If you haven't experienced Wax On, I invite you to enjoy 20% off your first service with code WEGOTHERE. Visit waxon.ca or download the mobile app to book in with code WEGOTHERE because there is such a thing as a better hair removal experience to help you live smoother. Yeah, Lexi's just stunned. She's like, um... <laughs> it's so, so cool. Like, our bodies are truly amazing. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't love that it re results in smell, but um, it's nice that to know that it's actually, like, there's a purpose. There's a purpose. Yeah. There is. And, it, you know, there's something, like... I've been, you know, doing this for 26 years now, and, you know, people often ask, well, when do you think you'll stop? And when will you? And I'm like, 
on some level, never. Like I'm a student of life. I am always researching and 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 you know looking into it. And here's the thing for us as women, we have to understand too, is that we have to be really careful a in what we're re- researching ourselves, and b what we are also you know teaching and presenting is that you know to always look at like evidence or evidence-based information. It's like, it takes years to be able to produce that. And the time between right now when we're talking and trying to help a woman and when we may have the evidence-based information can actually be a big period of suffering for women. So I look at the studies, I read the information, but more importantly, I talk to the woman who is right in front of me. And I'm like, what's your experience? And how do you smell? And what's your feelings about that? And work with her on let's try to you know bring some of these different lifestyle things in and i was chatting earlier about different body products is that if you try to go and use a soap that is a antibacterial because you think i smell like i i would not recommend that so i would i would not use the antibacterial soap that can actually make it worse so in the moment you'll get out of the shower and you'll be like oh my gosh i smell so much better that's what i needed but then you'll probably recognize a few hours later that night, definitely the next day, you're like, I feel like I didn't even have a shower. Um, the other thing is if you're using highly perfumed soaps, like you're like, I'm going to smell like geranium or I'm going to smell like patchouli, um, that won't end well. <laughs> you, If you're using floral Onions leaf, and patchouli. It's not good. Yeah, now you just, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I recommend using, like, I really love for women, one of two soaps that are very natural. You can buy them at natural health food stores, even like the bulk barn, a lot of markets, um, emu oil based soap is wonderful. And you're going to spend like $2 on a bar of soap, um, and, uh, evening primrose oil bar of soap are beautiful. So they're great for your skin. They're completely natural based. They're not going to clog any of your pores. And we don't need to like suds up and scrub those areas. You could literally just take a, you know, warm face cloth when you are smelly and just like dab that area down. And you might have to do that. And especially too, like if you have young kids, I guarantee you're not showering as often as you used to. (laughs) Like you just don't have time right? You just don't have time necessarily to take care of yourself and your body in the same way that you used to. Um, You know, and and that could be one of the reasons why you're noticing the odor more. The other thing is our sensory. So as women, like you can smell something immediately, like good, bad, or the other. And that is also heightened, um, not only when we become mothers, but as we age as well too, like different senses for us just become much more heightened. You know, you hear everything, you see everything, you smell everything, you feel everything. And so I think it's like, there's also something powerful about trying not to dim that. Interesting. So our sense of smell improves as we age? Well, the word improve (laughs) is in the beholder of what you smell, but -hmm. it gets stronger, right? And so again, it's that thing of, I could be saying this and you might be like, oh, I haven't noticed that. And my follow-up to that would be, well, how much time do you take to notice anything? Because if we're just constantly on the go, there's a lot we're probably not recognizing and noticing. And all it takes is, you know, to go for a walk without your headphones and your phone to notice more than you've noticed before, Mm -hmm. you know, to get yourself out of that environment where you just feel like it's all coming in. 
Yeah. Okay. I feel like we need to recap because that was so much. You're you're so full of information and it's just been so much. I feel like we need a quick recap if that's okay about. Yeah. So, so for, you know, someone who's dealing with um, the like the onion smell back to the onion smell um, and, and breastfeeding <laughs> for right? no one in particular. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not, just, just for, I'm asking for a friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but the onion smell is something that I've also noticed. So yes, I had it when I was breastfeeding. I'm not breastfeeding anymore. My son's almost three. Um, but I have noticed that I get the cold nervous sweat and it still sometimes yeah. smells like onions. Yeah. It's not that, oh my God, I'm sweating. Like again, barely sweat at all. Like don't get the, the kind of the opposite of you, the pit stains, don't yeah. get that. but like, it's almost like there's no sweat there, but the smell is there. The cold <laughs> smell. So that could actually be one of the reasons for you specifically, Nikki, why there is smell is because you're not sweating. So if you're not actually producing moisture and you're not sweating, like there's hyperhidrosis and hypohydrosis. Um, and so if you're not actually producing that sweat and there's not that stimulation, that is again, that's where we could look upstream to adrenal and thyroid. Right. But the body's like, we need to be able to produce sweat. You don't have to be dripping, but there definitely should be moisture because that's a sign that there is vasodilation. And so if there's not that dilation happening and the pores aren't opening and the body is not able to actually excrete, like we have, you know, the reason we have pores is for things to come in and for things to move out. And so, you know, one of those things may be working on the body's ability to actually produce a healthy level and amount of sweat. And in the interim, it's also making sure blood sugar is stable so that cortisol is not hyperactive, making sure that you're getting in, you know, a really healthy whole food based diet and that nutrition is on point for us as women, B vitamins, zinc and magnesium are exceptionally important. Vitamin D and omegas can also help. And then it may be looking at some of those adaptogens in conjunction with you might just have to have a daily quick little body rinse literally in the shower not even maybe with soap because we don't want to over soap and cleanse our skin like we're just in a very over cleansing way of things for ourselves but literally just getting in and doing a rinse and then finding a good quality natural deodorant that can help with the smell a little bit but it's not preventing you from sweating so that's the mark of a really good natural deodorant, which typically most of them are going to have something like arrowroot starch, a little bit of baking soda, um, like an oil base, whether it's going to be coconut oil or something that has a higher lauric acid to it. And then it'll be different derivatives of whether it's like citrus or it is, you know, um, like a minty or it is something like lavender and this is where you'll notice your pheromones as well because you and lexi could go and line up 20 different natural deodorants and you could smell one and be like oh i love this and she could smell and be like oh like definitely not and you know it's the same thing like if you notice your partner changes their deodorant you're like you either love it or you don't like men do really well with like sandalwood and cedarwood and like higher musk point scents not us you put that on us no, not good. So it's, you know, really figuring out like my daughter and I, who's my oldest, um, she does better with like cucumber, citrus, mint type ones, and maybe can do lavender here and there. There's no way I'm putting lavender or florals on me. I will smell within an hour. Interesting. Wow. And okay. So let's talk about natural deodorants because breaking into using a natural deodorant, especially if you are going, you know, postpartum, let's say myself, yeah. for example. So if I'm used to using a more antiperspirant and I want to break into a natural deodorant, but I don't want to 
have to smell like there's got to be a time, right? It's going to take a little while for my body to get used to whatever's new on me. And then ultimately you're walking around smelly. So what, is there any way to get around that? Well, it's not that there's a way to get around it, but I'll give you like a couple of real life pointers on that. So I would say that in those times when you are with the people you're most comfortable with in your life, use the most natural that you can. If you're going to a speaking event, you're going to visit a new, you know, franchisee, you're going to do those things. You're going to have a little emergency deodorant that's got the lowest amount of aluminum possible. This is the big thing when it comes to not just our smell, but our health. It's that with the antiperspirants, they're using aluminums and other chemicals and heavy metals to prevent a natural bodily process, which is to actually sweat. And so what we have to keep in mind for us as women is that our lymph system is not compartmentalized in our armpits and there is drainage and it is right connected into our breast tissue as well which is all adipose tissue. And so, you know, are grateful for all of those things, but our adiposity, our fat cells is where we hold toxicity. And so we just want to be very cognizant of that. So I would say if I were you, I would just keep like a little travel size of a low aluminum, non-natural one so that when you're going in, you're not like, oh my gosh, do I smell? Do I smell? I have to like shake hands, hug this person, lift my arms in the air. Um, And you would just have that backup. But then as often as possible, then you would wear your natural deodorant. And when you're at home, just kicking back with the kids and your husband, maybe not wearing any at all. Nice story, Adam. Yeah. (laughs) That was in the vows. You just didn't hear that part. <laughs> True. Oh, wow. So True. that's a hard, a hard no. and and up smells. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like it's a hard no on the antiperspirant. That's what I'm hearing. Well, yeah, that's what I'm hearing too. Personal decision Dude, Nikki, for everyone. You use from- a natural deodorant, Nikki. I, yeah, I do use one, but I obviously like have also been like, like, if I have to go, like, for example, when we did our event, right? Like in November, we were on stage. It was live. Like I put on like some dove, like antiperspirant, like complete, like blocked it out. But I, but that's one day. Yeah. And this is the thing is like, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to be I don't want women to be like fearful and be like, oh my God, and all of that. It's just like, just recognizing that there's a time and a place. Mm -hmm. And if you are at an event like that and you're using that, not to feel bad about it, but it's like, it's just that one day. It's not about what we do in like this one moment. It's the compound effect. Yeah. And it's to recognize as women, I mean, you are starting to apply deodorant somewhere between the age of 10 and 12 years old for decades. right for decades and that's the other piece to understand for our hormones it's like the reason our seven-year-old doesn't need deodorant is because they are not at a prepubescent tween stage yet where all of their you know gonadal hormones and pituitary hormones are on the scene it's when they have estrogen that comes on and testosterone and the bodies those are the two main kickers it's the estrogen in our girls and the testosterone in boys that bring that on. Then as we start to get older and now we're ovulating, this is then when progesterone plays that role and then those stress hormones. Right. I have a question Uh, really quick. So you mentioned that we smell different when we ovulate and then during our Mm. period, like when do we typically smell the stinkiest in our cycle? Coming into our period, our luteal phase, it's after we ovulate. So we'll typically smell the best in our follicular right after we end our period and coming into ovulation. And there is a reason for that. We are like calling in our potential mate. 
So I was going to say, are we like full smoke shows during that time? <laughs> well, yeah, that's when typically if we're looking like at those phases, it's like we energetically we're like, look at me, I'm here, I'm on, but it's also partly of like calling in your mate because reg regardless of whether or not you want to have children or you want to have any more, your body, your female physiology is hardwired for that. And so those pheromones change to call a mate in to make you more attractive. It also like your cervical fluid changes at that time. You develop channels to actually like if you have intercourse and the potential of getting pregnant to pull that sperm up into those channels. So again, our bodies so wildly brilliant. Yeah, really, truly. But most women will notice their smell increases in the seven to 10 days before they bleed. This sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> insert, insert, um, antiperspirant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the Oh, man. All right. Well, I'm I'm going to go make a snack because I haven't eaten enough today and I need to stabilize my blood sugar levels. So I'm less stinky. Drink some water and put some mushroom powder in my coffee. There and you collagen. go. It's a trifecta. I love it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Make fancy coffee. That's what I do. It makes me feel better about the coffee I'm drinking. And I didn't know it's helping with my smell. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Well, Jen, this is always such a pleasure and you're such a wealth of information. And this one for me was a lot of fun as well. I'm glad. <laughs> you know, the, the, the names just got me. Yeah. The, the degassing. The off gassing and the, and the, yeah. Off gassing, not degassing, <laughs> off gassing. Yeah. That's what you can say now. I don't, I'm not sweating. I'm off gassing. So, off you gassing. know, there's your warning. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, um, we'll include uh, where everyone can follow you in the show notes and, um, Thanks for coming on, and I'm sure we'll do this again soon. Thanks for having me. It was great to see you both. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at WeGoTherePodcast and check out WeGoTherePodcast.com for more info.